PFF NFL Daily. Today, breaking down our favorite and least favorite drafts here in 2021. It's all brought to you by DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for all new users by offering them the chance to win $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Walk, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, we've got more draft review today. It's going to be full drafts. Each team or which team was your favorite? Which team was your least favorite? I'll let you go first. Your favorite NFL draft this season. I loved what the Chargers did. Um they had, I think, an absolute home run. When you're coming out of the draft and you've got a couple of players you think will be definite starters, and they might have three, um, I think you've done a great job, right? They were at pick number 13. Most of the pre-draft process, we were saying they're going to miss out on the top two tackles. Uh, whether it was Panay Sewell, whether it was Rashawn Slater, they're probably going to end up picking Christian Darrison and taking him one spot ahead of the Minnesota Vikings. They didn't. They ended up getting Rashawn Slater, who a lot of people, not PFF mind, but other people had as the number one tackle in the entire draft. The guy who has outstanding tape multiple times against Chase Young in college has exceptional technique. Just, I think, a great value spot for them and fills the biggest glaring need they had on their roster heading into draft day. So that's great. Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, I think, is one of the best value draft picks, one of the best fits in the entire draft. Absolutely love what that guy can do in this scheme as well. He has a chance to come in, replace Casey Hayward, and, you know, immediately give them another high-quality starting cornerback. And then, you know, the third round, Josh Palmer from Tennessee, I think, is a talented receiver who got screwed by his quarterback a lot in college. Um, Trey McKitty from Georgia, Chris Rumpf uh, in the fourth round. Like, they've got decent players with upside in the third and fourth rounds and beyond, in addition to those guys that could be starting for them right out of the gate and doing a really good job. Yeah, I absolutely love those first three picks by the Chargers. You laid it out pretty well, but from you know a value standpoint, from a scheme fit standpoint, a lot of nice things from the Chargers. Now, the caveat there is we didn't like the Chargers draft last year, and it looked pretty good because they got Justin Herbert. But last year, they they traded up to get into the first round to get Kenneth Murray, a guy that we didn't love at linebacker, didn't have a great rookie season. But this year, one of those years, it just they kind of let the ball board fall to them, you know, mm-hmm. in our eyes again and picked valuable players, I, I think, in, in each of those spots. So um, nice job by the Chargers. Uh, my my favorite draft, though, I have to go Chicago Bears. I mean, we're talking about a team. You, We struggled talking about the Bears, Sam. We struggled putting a mock draft together for the Bears at 20. And there was so much buzz about all the quarterbacks going in the top 10 and will five guys go in the top 10 in this whole thing. And before the draft, I did suggest maybe it's that 11 to 15 range, that 10 to 15 range, that that's where quarterbacks, one or two guys are going to fall. And if that's the case, keep an eye on the bears. And and I just love that. That's kind of how it happened. You know, it came to fruition. The bears are sitting at 20 and they're desperate. You know, they're desperate for a quarterback. They've been desperate for a quarterback for almost 40 years now. And We'll see what happens with Justin Fields, but I love the process to go get him. It's one of the few times that you do want to trade up. It's when you're going to get a quarterback. So they go get Fields at 11. 
And then coming back in the second round to get Tevin Jenkins, a guy that we would have taken in the late first round. So getting pretty good value there, a guy that can step right in as they're starting right tackle coming out of Oklahoma State. And even though they didn't have another pick until round five, Larry Borum from Missouri has a chance to play. Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech, the running back, has a chance to play as does wide receiver Daz Newsom, Newsom and cornerback Thomas Graham fits a, fits a need, and he's a pretty good player for the sixth round. So, um, look, it, it all depends on Justin Fields and what he does, but I thought the Bears did a pretty good job, you know, picking good players despite the trade-up, but going to get Justin Fields is one of those franchise-defining moves that the, that the Bears made, and it's my favorite draft. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm never critical of a team who trades up aggressively for a quarterback they believe can be a complete transformative player on their franchise. And um, that's what Chicago did. That's why I didn't like Chicago got a lot of crap last time when they traded up for Trubisky. Now, you know, you can say, well, they got suckered by the 49ers. They didn't really need to do that. But ultimately, go secure the guy you believe is the right quarterback. Now, they weren't right. They screwed that up. They missed on Trubisky. It was made look even worse by the fact that the two alternatives, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, have become superstar caliber quarterbacks. Um, but it doesn't mean that the process is crazy. And this was another situation. We've been kind of mocking them all offseason for like their big splash so far has been Andy Dalton, a quarterback. And that's just depressing. So let's give them a shot to go get a guy who they believe can change things entirely and it feels is that guy, it, it validates everything they've been doing for a long, long time, where it rescues everything they've been doing. So, yeah, I agree. I like the Bears pick. I, or I like the Bears pick of Fields. And I like going aggressively after Tevin Jenkins as well, because they desperately needed to make sure that the offensive line in front of Fields was better than it was on paper after they just made that trade. All right. What about the, uh, the other side, Sam? What's your, what's your least favorite draft here? Oh, I hate the draft that the Houston Texans had. Um, look, they didn't have a lot of draft capital to play with. It was never going to be an amazing draft because, you know, their earliest pick was in the third round. But they spent in the entirety of free agency bringing in like 152 players, securing the bottom half of the roster, um, making just massive upheaval and turnover and just volume, trying to get a bunch of guys in, hoping some of them stick and can be long-term parts of this team. Now you go into the draft, your first pick is in the third round, and you take it, you use it on a quarterback who, in my mind, is one of the least likely mid-tier quarterbacks to actually have any shot of panning out. Um, and, you know, you still have the chaos surrounding Deshaun Watson all up in the air. You compound the error by, you know, trading up for a receiver like Nico Collins from Michigan, who I actually quite like as a player, but you just, you don't have the capacity right now to be trading up for receivers in the third round and it's just like what have you come out of this draft with you've come out of this draft with a quarterback who is probably a backup whether or not um whether or not Deshaun Watson is a starting quarterback you might as well have just taken that pick and thrown it away you lost capital by trading up for a receiver who might not make an impact either it's just I I don't understand what they were trying to achieve with this draft yeah, I mean, look, when you have a bad roster, and it's going to be the theme when I talk about my least favorite draft, but when your roster is not great, you should just be banned from trading up at any point in the draft, you know, especially what the Texans have done. The Texans have a bad roster because they haven't drafted enough players over the last couple of years. That's why they're in this position. So, 
Um, I, I'm with you on the Texans. They just had so much work to do. I, I know they didn't have the best draft capital in the world, as you mentioned, but it's like, man, just I would have traded back as much as I possibly could just to get more depth on the roster for for a team that's completely depleted. Um, I'm going to go the Seattle Seahawks because they only drafted three times. And look, it, it, you do have to factor in why that's the case. But why that's the case probably isn't worth it. You know, they gave up a first and a third for Jamal Adams last year. And Jamal Adams is awesome. He is a fantastic player. But what we saw last year was Adams having essentially the worst season of his career. He was used as a pass rusher, which he's outstanding at, but he's a safety. And, you know, they had to change their defense for Adams, and it just didn't pan out. Um, he's still great. They could still salvage this thing. But you're talking about he's got to be worth two players, a first rounder and a third rounder. So those picks are out. They traded a fourth rounder for Carlos Dunlap and got him in there last year for basically half a season before his contract ended, had to resign him. So half a season of Carlos Dunlap. I, I understand the desperation there, but it, it starts to hurt here on draft day. And then they did trade a fifth rounder for Gabe Jackson. To me, that's the easiest one to swallow because he's still going to be there next year. And that's going to help maybe shore up your offensive line. And then as for the actual draft, yeah, they only had three picks. So when you're, when you're starting with three picks, it's it's the same thing as the Texans. Do you do everything you can to trade back and just to come out of there with six or seven to do whatever you can? The Seahawks came away with three. And, and honestly, I think all three can contribute. Dwayne Eskridge, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan, Trey Brown, the corner out of Oklahoma, and then Stone Forsyth, the uh, offensive tackle out of Florida. I think Eskridge has a role. He has a chance to be the third wide receiver on this team, to be that horizontal uh, you know, stretch the field guy, but also a vertical threat with speed. Trey Brown will compete for the nickel spot as a fourth rounder and Stone Forsyth is good offensive line depth. I don't hate the actual picks, even though Eskridge was picked way ahead of our draft board spot. I, I just wonder if they could have done more to come out of this thing with five, six or seven draft picks, because it's not like the Seahawks have a great roster. They still need a whole bunch of depth. Yeah, when you think about it, the statement that the Seahawks made about Dwayne Eskridge is one of the strongest statements made by any team about any player in the draft because of what they didn't do in favor of selecting him. This is a team that has in the past taken those really low pick drafts and essentially parlayed one second, third, first rounder into a whole bevy of picks by trading down multiple times. And I expected the Seahawks to do that with that pick. And instead, they actually select Eskridge, who wasn't just... Um, the opportunity cost of not trading down, but was a massive reach in terms of our board, in terms of the consensus board. And I think they might be right in terms of the player, but it's a huge statement uh, in terms of how much they do believe in him. Um, just quickly before we wrap, other drafts that I really liked, the New York Jets and Giants for slightly different reasons. The Jets, I think, just came away with great players, even if they traded up, you know, in a way that we wouldn't love to make it happen. The Giants traded for a bunch of 2022 picks, which is when they're supposed to be a lot more valuable because of all the guys that went back and didn't declare for this draft. And then one more that I hated, the Green Bay Packers, who, you know, didn't seem to do an awful lot to help Aaron Rodgers, who it seems is upset by that and <laughs> wants out of the door. Yeah, two reaches on our board with the first two picks. And of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers saying, see you later, guys, probably not going to be playing for you anymore. So I think it was a rough weekend in Green Bay. Let us know what were your favorite and least favorite drafts. It's the PFF NFL Daily.